Now, from the Paxa Studios in downtown Honolulu, Josh Pacheco and Hunter Hughes. You know, I, I seen them do better, and today was definitely a regression. Um, I, I think they, I think we took, I, I think we definitely took a step back. There is a growing pain and, and, a, and, a, and a learning curve to this offense, and, uh, and, and these guys are experiencing it, and we're going through it together, and, uh, um, you know, we got to get fixed. Off the bench on ESPN Honolulu. This is not Josh Pacheco. There is no Andre Hughes either. This is Tanner Hayworth filling in for both those guys. They were on earlier today filling in for Let's Talk Sports with Kanoa Leahy. So I will be sending everyone through. We just finished uh, game three of the World Series with the Rangers taking down the Diamondbacks. These away teams, they love to win away, don't they? Um, they took them down 3-1, to one, so they have the 2-1 to one lead over Arizona. But we just heard the soundbite. We all still remember, maybe not so fondly, uh, what went down earlier this weekend on Saturday night when the University of Hawaii football team uh, kind of lost by a little bit there. 35-2-0 on homecoming night. And there's been a lot of opinions stated on what, what Timmy Chang needs to do, what administration needs to do. And there's certainly been a lot of people that have expressed, you know, people not having a job, people keeping their job. I think what's important, what I've come to kind of be that last opinion of the night, hopefully for most people as they're driving home through all the traffic, this is a team that we still got to support. This is a group of young men, uh, and I can say that I'm 24. I'm older than a lot of them, uh, which is so gross for me to say out loud. Um, But this is a group of young men that have a lot of growing to do. There's a lot of growth for them to do (laughs) in their lives. A lot of these kids, they're they're 18, they're 20. A few of them maybe are those few and rare 22, 23-year-olds. Sure. This has been a very tough season from a fan's perspective, you know, other than a close win over New Mexico State, which a lot of people probably don't think that that should be a close win. You have a win against UAlbany, which, you know, it's an 11 point win, but a lot of people, there were still a lot of, you know, there were still a lot of mistakes that the University of Hawaii needed to fix after that. And I think If we go back to two weeks ago and that loss against San Diego State, that's a game that we should have won. I think we we can all agree on that. But in that New Mexico game from last week, there was a step back. And I think a lot of people were kind of didn't want to say it out loud because it was a game against New Mexico. It was an away game. So there was elevation. They're a running team. They're like our main weakness. So maybe there was some kind of thing to say, all right, let's chill out. It was probably just one game. But then this weekend happened. Um, Offense doesn't score. Offense doesn't even get in the red zone. Uh This is the first shutout for the team since 2015. This is the first home shutout since, what, 1998 is what I heard. And if you think back to 1998, those were not very fond memories for Hawaii football fans. I think you could say much of the same for 2015. So when you were looking at this team, how much do we fret in the past or how much do we think, okay, 
What can we do to improve upon ourselves as the year goes on? And I think what Timmy Chang and his crew did last week, and I heard this from a lot of people, this sentiment, I think Hunter Hughes talked about it a little bit too early on in the noon hour. This coaching staff really tried to coach hard uh, this team last weekend. A lot of people liked it. Maybe some people didn't like it. You know, that's just what it's going to be when you kind of shift your, uh, not really your coaching perspective, but they're they're definitely changing the attitude maybe a little bit. And I think for a lot of people, for a lot of football players out there, the preference is I would rather be coached hard than be maybe not really coddled, but definitely coached hard. And I think there was a lot of hope in the air, especially for homecoming. You had Chevin Cordero coming in, and we all know what happened. It wasn't very good. There were some discipline issues. I think you look at the uh, the initial kickoff where, sure, it's really sad uh, what happened to Cam on that play. Hopefully he's okay. Cam Stone, the you know, the cornerback or kick returner, he does not choose to fair catch the ball. He tries to see if it bounces into the end zone, instead bounces back into the field of play. It doesn't even reach the end zone in the first place. And that results in San Jose getting the ball like on the seven-yard line, something like that. And it sucked to see Cam get hurt on that play as he was diving for the ball. But... This has been an issue for the last couple of years for the University of Hawaii is we really haven't had a return person that is out there to fair catch the ball. Or if there is a punt coming towards the returner, you feel super confident that your guy is going to catch the ball. Because every returner that we have seen so far this year, they've muffed the they've muffed the ball at kick return at punt returner. The only guy that hasn't done that is Kuali Nishigaya, who I am sure his only role out there for the rest of Saturday's game was to fair catch the ball. Because if there's anything that I am uh, putting a 100% bet on is that Kuali Nishigaya will go out there and try to catch the ball. So one, that's a mistake that we've been seeing week after week after week. Uh, Special teams, they just always seem to have an issue. Sure, they had a really good fake punt, but much like the fake punt that happened last year, which I believe was against Nevada Reno, uh, nothing really came out of that either. Uh, so that's you know a little sad to see that you take the chance, yet nothing comes because of that chance. Um, you look at the defense; they had a really great stop. They had that first drive of the game where they forced San Jose State to go backwards, backwards, and backwards, and then miss a field goal, and. For the first three plays of the next defensive drive, it looked like there was life to this Hawaii defense because you had them backed up all the way into the end zone. On that third down play, you had Shevin Cordero rolling out from the end zone. It's an incomplete pass. If if I think it was Nick Nash, their wide receiver, if he made that catch, that would have been a sports center kind of play there, but he doesn't make it. And it's a three and out. We're all ready to get the punt return and give Hawaii football another chance on offense. By the way, that first offensive drive didn't have a three and out either. So it was looking pretty good. Oh, but there's a flag on the play. Oh, it's on the defense. It's an unsportsmanlike conduct. Um, Tell us if you've heard that one before. And for much, for the rest of the night, the Hawaii football defense could not get off the field. Sure, 
They have the turnover from Isaiah Tufonga, who uh, punched the ball out of, I believe it was Kyrie Robinson on the screen. <laughs> By the way, that screen was massive yardage. I believe it was already like a 20, 25-yard play at that point. But yeah, you see that rare turnover for Hawaii, and that results in nothing again. Uh, and but they just could not get off the field. I just think of that one drive. I believe this was the – it was either the third or the fourth quarter. No, this was in the first half, I think. But it was – they stopped them. They got them to the third down, and then Timmy Chen calls a timeout. So, okay. So maybe the defense gets rested up a little bit. They, you know, uh, put up some really interesting coverage to confuse San Jose State's offense. Uh, no, the tight end gets free from Ekipe and they get the first down. Okay, but it's fine. They're driving, they're driving, but we stop them and they get to another third and long. And what happens then is the tight end gets free from another safety on coverage and they get the first down. But it's totally fine because it's still the same drive. They're in the red zone and we stop them. It is third down. At least this is only going to be a field goal. And then Timmy Chang calls his third time out of the half at that point. And I remember thinking at that point, oh, they're about to score here, aren't they? Because they're on the seven-yard line. We just called a timeout. And sure, we could be drawing up some masterful defensive play, but I've just watched this drive. And kind of perfectly, it was a back shoulder throw to Nick Nash. It was a very nice throw by Chevin Cordero. But it just felt like the defense, they were so close this game. They were so much better than what they were playing like only a week ago. Unfortunately, when you just are on the field for so long, there's just no way for you to feasibly be consistent on defense, especially when you give up. I think it was something crazy. Like they were uh, nine for nine on third down in the first half after going uh, that first drive that ended up being a missed field goal. They went nine for nine after that. They were basically perfect all game. They went three for five in the red zone the entire game. The only two times they didn't make it was the missed field goal in the first first drive of the game and a failed fourth down conversion near the end of the game that honestly really didn't matter to the score of the game um so yeah the defensive woes they still exist they were definitely better than they were last week i will give them that they actually had some pressure uh coming through that offensive line so there is like a slight glimmer of hope they just have to find a way to lock down on third down without having to waste timeouts, especially in the first half, because I feel like a lot of those timeouts can be used in different places, not twice on two different third downs in one drive. That is an issue there. We know the defense has issues. Then you look at the offensive side of the ball. Like I said, zero points, no trips to the red zone, no shaker bombs, to be seen. There was one attempted Shager bomb that went for an interception. And at that point, this is one of those few times where I think a lot of people can look at each other and say, yeah, that throw was on Braden. Because if you kind of look at it, he throws into the end zone. Uh, the only two people in the end zone were San Jose state defenders as both wide receivers, you know, see the high coverage and in a true run and shoot offense, you would think, oh, high coverage, I better sit on this switch route. And they both sat on their switch routes, is from what I have heard. Uh, and that is a, it was just not a good looking play. Unfortunately, 
I would probably say that is a 80-20 kind of blame for Braden Shager because, yeah, he threw the interception. It was a bad interception. The entire game, this dude has been pushed to the ground, pushed out of the pocket, sacked multiple times, only probably had like two seconds in the pocket after every single play. It's the same issues that we have seen week after week after week after week. Offensive line. So at some point, I think the offensive line needs to come together as a room and pull themselves up by their bootstraps and say, okay, guys, we got to step up here a little bit. And I'm sure they've done that. I'm sure that they have had talks within their room and said, hey, guys, we got to step up for our guy Braden here because the dude is getting murdered game after game after game. And as a uh, not really I'm, I'm, it's as a consequence of being down so much as a consequence of this not really great offensive line play. We're also like dead last in rushing the ball. Uh, we know that. If it were me, I would be running solo Vipulu a lot more. If a guy gets a carry in 14 yards, you'd think you'd get him a little more carries. So now we're here. We know we have our deck of cards. We know what the next five cards are. When we go to Nevada Reno, what's going to happen? Are we going to go three and out? Are we going to have all of these offensive and defensive woes? I think we have another week like how we did last week. In practice, I think you really get into these guys' heads and say, hey, we got to step up because at some point, I really do think that this is a talented team. There are players on this team that shouldn't be playing like how they are playing. And I think that it's just tough because of the circumstances they're in. We all know the issues that we are in with Hawaii football. We don't have the best facilities. We don't have the best kind of uh, financials, you know, coming into the athletics so that we can upgrade stuff. We don't have a grass practice field. We don't have this. We don't have that. Uh, Let me know if you've heard this, uh, you know, year after year after year. I think Timmy Chang knows what's going on. Um, You have a good chance this week against a Nevada Reno, who, by the way, we are four-point dogs to. Um, and I think this is when you have to turn it on. You got four games left. You got a couple of more weeks with these guys to cement something. And I just look, we're not going to be able to shoot for a bowl game. Uh, We all know that. I think that should have been the expectations the entire year. Sure. I was one of the many people that were like, oh, but if we win this game, Oh, and if we win this game, we could go six wins and we could make it to the bowl. Yeah, I was one of those people for sure. But I think because I was very excited for this team and I wanted to see this team succeed. I still want to see this team succeed. There is a pathway for a victory this week, and it's going to be a lot of what we've seen already. We've seen this offense play super well. We've seen glimpses of this defense playing super well as as well throughout the entire season where they have just had these spurts of playing absolute lockdown ball to keep us in the game, to give our offense at least a little bit of chance to get back into the game. It can happen. I still genuinely think 
that it is going to happen. And maybe that is a little bit of naivete on my part because, look, I am the hopeful young person here at this radio station, and I tried not to get too pessimistic around here. Uh, just to look at my Twitter the last couple of weeks. I was pretty pessimistic then. This is Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. Um, let's go ahead and read your M. Dyer Global scoreboard brought to you by M. Dyer Global. Always on the move. We just came back from this. It was the World Series. The Rangers now lead the Arizona Diamondbacks 2-1 to one after taking them down in Arizona, uh, three to one. Hey, it's the MLB playoffs. Away teams like to win these games for some reason. Uh, on the NBA side, we have a lot of games going on today. We got the Boston Celtics taking down the Wizards, one twenty-six to one hundred seven. Uh, Jalen Brown and Jason Tatum uh, combining for sixty-nine points, so they're still doing their thing up in there. They got the Dallas Mavericks. Over the Memphis Grizzlies, 125 to 110. Luka Doncic with 35 points of his own. The pit, the Thunder over the Pistons, 124 to 12. And going on right now uh, is the Magic over the Lakers, 58 to 54. They are currently in halftime. And on the NFL side, you had the Detroit Lions take down the uh, Las Vegas Raiders. I'm sure a lot of people knew that was going to happen. That is 26 to 14 in that game. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo going off for an absolutely amazing stat line of 10 for 21, 126 yards, and one interception. The Jimmy Garoppolo experience, everybody. That is your MDR Global scoreboard brought to you by MDR Global. Always on the move. We got traffic coming up here. This is Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu. There are certainly a lot of NFL players out there tonight and for much of tomorrow that are going to be feeling a little superstitious as the NFL trade deadline is taking place tomorrow. That is at 4 p.m. Eastern, so we'll get to hear a lot about it at least by the end of the morning show. I believe there should be a lot more news on the uh, NFL trade deadline. So far from what we've seen, we've heard a lot of rumors. There was the... uh, Leonard Williams trade where the Giants are going to be eating some cap and trading away Leonard Williams for a second round pick and a sixth round pick. So, hey, I think that's kind of a win-win. You know, Seattle gets a little bit of interior defensive line help and the Giants, you know, take a bad contract off their books and they also get a second round pick. So, hey, to me, this is kind of a win. Uh, But when you're looking at the NFL trade deadline, I think there's a lot of things to be looking out for. You look at the storylines from each team. You try to find those veterans that maybe aren't playing up to snuff. Maybe they got hurt a little bit and they're kind of expendable. I look at the Tennessee Titans, and this is not because they just traded Kevin Bayard uh, last week, the uh, former All-Pro safety, to the Philadelphia Eagles, which is an absolute seller of a move there. But they might be dealing with a new quarterback controversy because Ryan Tannehill went down with an injury, and last week we saw Will Levis absolutely pop off through three touchdowns to DeAndre Hopkins. And he kind of looked like that first round pick that a lot of people kind of mocked him to be eventually dropping down to the second round pick. But will Levis might have just usurped Ryan Tannehill's throne there. And they do play again on Thursday night. So they do have to make that decision rather quickly. If you're the Tennessee Titans, do you trade away Ryan Tannehill? And a lot of people might ask, well, who, wants Ryan Tannehill because it's a valid question he's not like 
Patrick Mahomes. Hey, he's not even like Brock Purdy on his best day. And I talk about like a top tier day of Brock Purdy. Uh, but Ryan Tannehill, I think, is a nice savvy vet to have on a roster if you're dealing with a quarterback issue. Uh, if you're the New York Jets, Ryan Tannehill kind of sounds a lot better than Zach Wilson, in my opinion. You look at the Minnesota Vikings, who might have just lost Kirk Cousins to the entire year with an Achilles injury. Now, who knows? Maybe he contacts Aaron Rodgers and gets his Achilles doctor, and he comes back for playoffs. Who knows these days? But they are certainly a team that is dealing with their own quarterback issues. Now, do I think Tannehill gets dealt at the deadline? Uh, probably not. He's a little too old, a little too injury prone. And I just don't think has that upside of carrying a team into the playoffs. Now, if there is a player that has upside who's, you know, relatively healthy, hasn't seen a lot of playing time lately, I think of the New Orleans Saints and Jameis Winston. Look, I'm a big Jameis Winston guy. I'm a Tampa Bay Buccaneers fan through and through. I've been with him uh, since we drafted him first overall about a decade ago, which also kind of hurts. I think he was actually 2014, not 2013. So uh, we're coming up on that decade pretty quickly. But um, Jameis Winston, I think, could be a really great trade partner for either the New York Jets or the Minnesota Vikings, who have both lost their quarterbacks. Sure, the Jets are really expecting Aaron Rodgers to come back by sometime at the end of the year, which sounded absolutely ludicrous uh, at the beginning of the year. Unfortunately, right now, he's out there taking dropbacks. He's throwing the ball. Who knows? Uh, for a guy that doesn't believe in a lot of science, he sure is hoping a lot about this science stuff. But the Minnesota Vikings, I think, can make it a little bit of deal with the Saints there. And if Jameis Winston can go up to Minnesota, they have a lot of good weapons. They have solid running backs. They have a solid line, and they have a good room of wide receivers, even though Justin Jefferson is dealing with injuries himself. I think the Minnesota Vikings and Jameis Winston can be a match made in heaven. Sure, Jameis might have to give up the crab legs because I don't know if you can trust crab legs all the way up in Minnesota, but I think it's a worthy kind of thing to give up for maybe some playoff success for a down uh, Minnesota Vikings team. I uh, do want to remind everyone about um, HCAMP. It's a, a really great thing, and as I'm trying to remind everyone, my phone loves to act up on me, but we have a lot of stuff, uh, great stuff going on for the rest of tomorrow, and HCAMP. Want to remind everyone, the Hawaii Concussion Awareness Management Program reminds parents, coaches, and athletes to learn more about recognizing concussion symptoms. Visit hawaiiconcussion.com. This is Off the Bench on ESPN Honolulu.